Blog Talk Radio. Pardon me? 
I said the spelling's the same on Google as well. If you want to read any of my incendiary articles or look at my Pinterest board from 2012. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your articles. I just read a bunch of them. They're not that incendiary. I had to really read them to pick through anything that might, you know, stimulate a little argument. Okay. But here's a, here's a question I got for you. You are snarky. I mean, you will go to these trade shows or conferences and you'll say insulting things and yet you keep getting invited back. I mean, I invite people to the show. People, guests come on the show and they say, you know, all my friends called me and told me not to come on the show. They don't like you. They think you're awful. And yet here you, you're much meaner than me. And you get, you know, asked to come, come to all these conferences. Why is that? What, what's going on there? Well, I mean, <laughs> so first off, uh, I, generally those are handled by PR and comms who look at stuff like social media reach. So they're like, great, look at, our, look at, look at these vanity metrics that have no idea just because I get bored and just randomly tweet stuff. So I think, you know, uh, from an analytics perspective, uh, my meanness, I guess, makes an impact. But, I, you know, you know what? Hours. That's not it. You know, uh, come on. This, you're boring already. No, Don't no, do no, that gonna to bring, me. I'm going to bring you to the other thing. I'm going to bring you to the other thing. So Ted Bauer the other day uh, on Twitter asked the exact same thing. He's like, how come I just talk shit and always get invited? And I think that the answers are twofold. And one is that I'm credible because I will give shout outs to things I like and I'll give props when they're called for. Okay, you know what? Okay, you know what? I wanted to give you an opportunity to say something witty and, you know, you. And you, I was, but you know, I was one of the things. Say the other one, I'm funny and you're not. Frankly, so oh, yeah. there's, there's the <laughs> I gotta tell you, you're not being funny now. You're being nerdy, and no, that's I'm one of the serious. things. I'm being serious. Yeah, okay. you're well, don't be serious, funny. okay? Don't be serious. Right. Don't be serious on this show, okay? Just lighten it up a bit. That's what this is about. That's why people don't like uh, it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here, I gotta tell you something. You go to these conferences. You're you're used to speaking to strategic people, like these professors of recruiting. That's not us. Like I said in the intro, we're granular here, okay? And I want you to remember that. We're like the plumbers, the hands-on technicians. So please make sure that when you answer a question, you're going to be interesting to that audience. Now, I won't even ask you what you do, okay? Here's what you said. Here's what you said. This is the guy who's bragging about why they invite him to conferences. Here's what he said. The content is really good at the HR Tech Summit. It's nice not having a fake interest for once. Okay? You put that out there, and these other conferences keep inviting you. I mean, they're that boring, right? They're boring. Yeah, they're terrible. So, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, same shit, different hashtags. Again and again and again and again. I don't know, some idiot. So. Who's typing there? You Who's typing? What? Alan Florida, did you say something? Yeah, I did. I said, you always crumb on us for, for hearing typing, and he, Michael G. Cox and I are hearing it? Come on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard it too, but I'm trying to get make, make Matt interesting, okay, for the third time. <laughs> Three strikes, he's out, okay? I want to make I this a good show. Okay, really here, he comes, he comes on. Okay, why are all these things so boring? What's going on? What makes them boring? How could the conferences be better? Be succinct, okay? We're not real conference goers here, but I'm curious to know. Well, one is that a lot of the content involves people who um, are selling something pretty overtly. 
you said, I, I believe this is you, Animal, that the, the, the way to sell is by being the smartest person in the room. And unfortunately, it kind of feels like remedial shop uh, a lot of the time. So um, you have, you know, just a lot of either case studies from companies that are being backed by a sponsor to people talking about the same stuff we probably tried to discuss the first time I came on the show like a decade ago. Right, so uh-huh. you know some variation of employer branding, candidate experience. Okay, moving diversity. on. I'm, I'm trying hard yada, to yada, make yada. this a winner. I'm trying hard to make this a winner. I, I appreciate okay. it. I appreciate <laughs> it. You said you said good candidates have literally always ghosted recruiters. Ghosted. Why is this suddenly a news story? Well, it must be happening more. Why do you? Well, you prove what your point is. I don't think you're right. So um, having actually, believe it or not, I know that you'll call me out for saying that I, I've recruited, but, but having recruited uh, in the past, I can tell you that the amount of candidates who no-showed for interviews in the middle of a recession, uh, much less than economy like this, still really, really high. And I think that talent that's in demand is going to always be the hardest people to get sticky in the process, regardless of mm-hmm. uh, you know, trends or anything. So, anybody want to anybody want to take him up on that? El Patron, Michael G. Cox, you want to you, you want to take a shot at him? Ghosting, ghosting <laughs> has always yeah. been no. the same. It's it's not a lot more ghosting going on right now. I, I think there is more ghosting going on right now. Even when there was a recession, sure, it's still happening. But I think right now it, it is truly a candidate market, and you know your your clients out there shouldn't be hemming and hawing about whether or not to make a decision. It's, but I think employers evolve very slowly in their habits, so they don't, they don't make yeah, – you're, you're answering a different question. You're answering a different question. Ghosting okay. is, is when somebody doesn't show up, the candidate doesn't show up. That's what he's talking yes, about, okay? Exactly. Now you're talking no, about employers. Well, that, that also oh. happens a lot more – that also happens a lot more because employers move slower than they should be. Okay, well, let's ask Matt that question. Matt, why are these hiring managers so stupid when the recruiters keep telling them it's a hot market, it's a hot market, make a decision now, and they refuse, and then they get mad that you're not bringing them enough uh, good candidates. What's going on? What's wrong with these people? Matt, please, you meet them at the conferences. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that it has to do largely with uh, how candidates are being submitted. Like, you know, a hiring manager pushes back and a recruiter says, I need to see more people. Normally, there's not a lot of pushback, and they end up seeing more people. So, yes, there could be a perceived and actual talent shortage. At the same time, if I can always get these resumes coming to me until I find, you know, the perfect one, uh, like what incentive do I have to uh, move forward in the process with somebody who I'm not feeling 100% about? Hey, haven't you seen the meme? There are no more candidates, Mr. Hiring Manager. Pull the trigger. They don't want to. Michael G. Cox, this is your this is your issue now. You take it up with him. Put him in his place. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I, I agree that if the recruiter continues to feed that hiring manager more and more candidates, yeah, they're, they're, there's no incentive to change, or there's there's no need to change your behavior if you keep seeing more and more candidates. But I think I have a bigger issue with an employer that sees the candidate that they want to move forward with and yet still drag their feet, don't make decisions, or can't 
you know, maybe somebody along that hiring chain doesn't have the authority to say, we need to pull the trigger right now, cut off the rest of, of this interview Alan process. Alan Floor, that is you want in on this before I move on? Alan Floor, you want to yeah, take a yeah, shot at yeah, that? Yeah, I think, I, think, I think they're partly right. I also think hiring managers want to be like being lied to. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that if they listen to a good, if they listen to me or Michael G or or Charney, and we tell them, look, here's how long it's going to take. Here's what you have to do. Everything else. Go, well, you know what? Bobby Smith over here told me he can get me resumes in 24 hours, and he can continue to get them to me. It's like, well, great. Then you go with Bobby Smith. They want to be lied. Most poor hiring managers want to be lied to because they don't want to have to think or do the work that they. That, that comes with being a hiring manager. Okay, they're gullible. They're gullible. Anyone can seduce them. That's your, that's your take, Not, right? They're just uh, The poor ignorant. ones, yeah. Here, Matt, okay. here, I got one for yeah. you. Why don't you, because I, I don't see you too often, but why don't you get up and do one of these things and tell, maybe you're just talking to recruiting things, but when you're going and you're talking to hiring managers, tell them to stop, stop, being, stop being idiots. Stop wanting to be lied to and start doing your job. See if that snark gets them. I, I wish it would. Okay, well, but, you know well, what their answer is? Here's their comeback. They're, they're too busy with their regular jobs. Go ahead. Sorry, Matt. You're the guest. You go first. Well, well I, yeah, well, I, I think that that seems to be a ridiculous argument because, ostensibly, if you actually need that headcount, it would make you less busy at your job. So, yeah, you have a little short-term hit for what would be a longer-term work relief. So that, that, that's a little idiotic. Yeah, but, I want to walk back something I said. Matt's sound is not as good as I thought it was. Okay, I just want it's not as terrible. Okay, as let me let me let me replace my mic. Then. <laughs> yeah, so, that sounds better. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, essentially what you get into uh, the problem of is these headcounts can stay open for you know as long as you like. I, yep. I think that what I would really like to see or would be a move in one of two directions. One, if you see a good candidate who you think is a fit for the company, even if it's not the rec you have open, probably hire that person if the yep. talent demand is as high as it is. Uh, like create the rec. Uh, you created another headcount. It should be easy enough. And, and I think that the other one is uh, corporations, like particularly those doing workforce planning, have to start instituting a, a policy where if you have headcount open for X amount of days, then you lose it because it's clearly not mission critical. Okay, well, I got to let me come. Okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. Wait a sec. I read this guy's article, and he he's telling sources and recruiters what to do, and he he tells them, look, if you find somebody good for this job, don't send it to the hiring manager. Wait two weeks, okay? So you want us the recruiters to stall? That's your whole thing, isn't it? You and you say it in more than one article. Don't rush in with a good yeah. candidate. Yeah, 100%, because it's like I open a rack and do a low-hanging fruit search, and all of a sudden I find four or five, you know, awesome candidates out of the bat, then, you know, I'm essentially qualifying everyone in as opposed to qualifying them against each other. So the hiring manager, it's like, you know, uh, a performance review, you always want to score yourself slightly lower so that there's room to move higher. Uh, I think it's sort, of, it's sort of the same thing, right? Like if you uh, can – essentially present a full slate as opposed to one-offs, oh, this person meets the qualifications, they're in price range, then it moves into more, a little bit more casting. Okay. And Anybody else want to talk? I mean, that. this is like shooting fish in a barrel. Anybody else want to talk with him? Okay. He already said it's a tight market. Okay. And so now, now what he's saying is, okay, hold back on these guys. You know, don't rush. 
let them get somewhere else. No, Matt, the answer is take the good guy to the hiring manager and say, you hire yeah. this guy now. No, wait, I'm not wait, wait. looking for anybody else. Wait a minute. I'm hearing two things. I'm hearing you animals saying that Matt – Matt is proposing on his articles to hold the candidate off for a week and a half. And I'm hearing Matt say, present a full slate of candidates so that they're going to make an intelligent decision, which I agree with. But either way, what you do need to do is you need to manage your relationships where you go to the manager and you say, the, the first pool of candidates you get are going to be the best at this moment in time. So if you keep going down the road, can we see some better? Can we see one? Or, can you get anybody better? My answer is no. Yeah, and I think that's an easier argument to make when you say, I looked at this amount of resumes, talked to this many people, here are the five best, and then you have an yeah. SOW in place at the front that says, okay. Well, yeah, have when you've got lots of time, yeah, okay, right, right. You just said it's a hot market. Okay, anybody else? There's other well, people the here. Anybody else? 64 days right now, Michael, so what difference does like another 10 days? To, to drive the back of the process quicker. Okay, you you know, you're talking so the, like an the, in-house the recruiter, okay? Candidate. Agency recruiters have to make a placement. Unless it's a, a retained or exclusive, you can't sit on your chair and let the guy lose your candidates to some other agency. you got to – if the person wants it, – it's the same – got to be same in-house too. People are losing their good candidates because nobody wants to move on them. Does anybody else here want to talk to Matt? Anybody? About anything. It can be, you can address this one or the next question. Anybody? You're free. Oh, it's open. Okay. Charney, why does USC suck this year? <laughs> oh, oh. Well, uh, I would say uh, that the school is still outstanding uh, academic institutions. Uh, but at the same time, though, we suck because our coach is terrible. We have a freshman yeah. quarterback who's, who's playing injured, and well, they're, they're um, consistent. we're in a hard conference. You know, you sound, you know, you sound like that guy, Ben uh, Shapiro. You sound an awful lot like him. Yeah, I forgot. I haven't talked to you in a while. Okay, here's what else you say. Not, here's the, I'm quoting you. Recruiting isn't broken. It's better than ever. Do you have a, a quick uh, support for that? Yeah, churns at an all-time high. Turnovers at an all-time high and unemployment's at an all-time low, which means we're making hires better than we ever have before. Okay, that's it. Everybody else still thinks it's broken, except you, Matt, okay? Uh, for me, well, I never well, understood. Vendors, vendors are actively breaking it, so they have a problem to sort of the solution okay. that they're peddling. Okay, I think. Well, here's another one. They say here's another it's broken one. so they can sell their software. Okay, you yeah, people exactly. out on Twitter, okay, quote Matt on that. Recruiting isn't broken. It's better than ever. Matt Charney. Here's another one he says. The candidate, the candidate black hole is a myth. Quote Matt Charney. Well, <laughs> is it true? I mean, everybody still says it isn't. Well, people also yeah. don't understand there's a difference between applicants and candidates. A candidate is both meets the qualifications and is still in process. And if you're a recruiter who doesn't give the people who are qualified and in process a good experience, then you're just a terrible recruiter, but that's not a technological limitation. Okay. Anybody anybody so, want to get on this? I, I'm going to move on to his next quote. Anybody want to talk about candidate black holes? No? Okay. There, Matt has spoken. Here's something else he says. Sourcing is some, okay. Sourcing is something any seventh grader could do. Boolean is cool, <laughs> but anyone can find anything on Google, Facebook, Snap, I think you mean Snapchat, or whatever. Just ask your kids. You want to support that, Matt? Well, yeah. So 
like the thought of uh, yeah, I was actually just talking to to a, a niece of mine who's 19. I she's like talking about like what she should do for a career. I described sourcing. She's like the first 10 minutes of, of the TV show Catfish, and I'm like, yeah, that that's exactly right. So like you know, I want to say kids today, but there's a whole generation of people whose entire lives is finding other people on the internet. Like it's not a unique skill set that it is one that commands six figures in certain situations uh, is as comical as the fact that you can do the same thing play video games now. Okay, Uh, hold on a second. In another article, you say the exact opposite. You say the problem with sourcing is that people are using these generic uh, strings, Boolean strings, when what they need to be is a really good sourcer who can, uh, you know, create Boolean strings that target uh, a much more exact Profile, so you don't have a, a huge number of people at the top of your sourcing funnel. That's the exact opposite of what you just said. Am I right or wrong about that? Here's your chance. I, Protect yourself. I think you're wrong. Actually, uh, well, yeah, no, I think you're actually you're actually wrong. So I think that any give me a requisition, I can find you a slate of candidates, contact information, and everything pretty damn quickly. But more than likely, I'm going to be finding the same candidates as everyone else. So competitive advantage actually happens in the ability to to sift through those results. Do I need it to find those candidates? No. Yeah, I don't know. First of all, I can't really hear you that well. I have to strain. Okay, let, but, me, let me do my mic back in place. It keeps dragging. Hold on a okay, second. I got on. a question yeah. about that. Well, no, no, yeah. just let me tell you this, Alan. Alan, you, you'll be in in a sec. Alan, in a sec. Okay, so what he just said, though, that sourcing really the way you want it to be done is not what any seventh grader could do. It is somebody who's highly skilled. Alan Fleur, go ahead. Matt, are you just talking about candidate ID? Are you talking about lead gen? Are you talking about a vetted I'm candidate? Are you just talking purely talk- demand gen, not vetted? No, that's a whole other skill set. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tends to I just want to qualify it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. But Alan, you can see where he's saying. Uh, I like. I like it when he says stuff like this. Sourcing is something any seventh grader could do. I love it. I, I laugh when I read it, and I, I think well, this is going to bug a well, lot of people. Come on. I could. Uh, but I could say that any. I could say that any high school kid in a speech and debate class could do Charney's job. But I. I wouldn't be right. Uh, okay. But then he. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's something else. Okay. Well, hold on a second. Wait a second. I want to. I want to get to something before the, the ads before we get too far. You wrote. Uh, let me just see what you said about Honit. Do you remember what you said? You were at a trade show. I uh, said, uh, yeah, it. I was. I was at a trade show and people were recommending, you know, products in a very blatant way. So I wanted to throw that in there because I uh, had just demoed it uh, and thought that it was. A, a great product in the sense that it solves a real problem was straightforward and easy to use. And like they set me up with an account uh, and I was, you know, utilizing it in no time. So there's no implementation, no, Oh, video interviewing is the way of the future. No, it like transcribes and standardizes phone screen and does. Okay. It, this is what he said. This is what he said. Hone it as a sponsor of the show. This is an ad everybody, but, but this was not an ad. He said on Twitter, Matt said, no, I'd no. recommend hone it. H O N E I T. For automated scheduling and phone screens. So you've got an endorsement here from Matt Charney. He's, I'm getting paid to say it. He isn't, but I'm getting paid, but I like it too. I mean, and I like the guys who run it, Nick Livingston. But Matt, he actually, you know, he, he's the guy who hates everything, and he liked Hone It. So there's an endorsement for you. Matt, you also liked uh, Draft. T-DAB, D-R-A-F-T. <laughs> drafted. Yeah. 
Drafted. <laughs> Drafted app, I think, is how that, that Drafted works. app. What's that for referrals? What is it? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a, a whole sourcing suite. But the main thing that I think it does a really good job of is finding in-network referrals and uh, kind of just automating that process. And it does so through Slack. So they're the only referral uh, platform. So particularly with tech, I actually think it's a really good approach. And, and the people who own it, they're like MIT computer science grads. They're really, really smart. And as they continue to uh-huh. refine their recommendation algorithms, the product actually just seems to get better. Okay, so there we go. Uh, here's what else. Okay, coming back to quotes from uh, what I call inflammatory quotes, the kind that I like from, from Matt Charney. He says to recruit, he says, we don't need to be marketers or digital marketers or influencers. We just have to be recruiters. Isn't that the opposite of what you've been saying your whole career? All the digital uh, marketing and content marketing ebooks that you've put out say the exact opposite. Well, yeah, I get paid to do those. There's generally a sponsor name on them, right? So that would be uh, <laughs> not necessarily my prerogative to say what I mean, as, as you as you well know. So yeah, no, I I think that uh, ultimately this is part of the, pr- uh, the problem with both credibility and perception of recruiting as a profession is we're the only people who don't want to get better at our job, but rather expand to other functional areas at the expense of making the empire. Okay. I don't even know what you're talking about though, because everybody says recruiting is marketing and in the internet age, it's going to be digital marketing and you have to have content. You have to, uh, you know, uh, nurture. I think, yeah, that you're the first person I heard about nurturing candidates through the candidate journey. Are you telling me that's all crap now? Yeah, I think, you know, the decade that I've been studying this space, I think that these conversations come at the expense of the conversations about how to improve processes, how to improve efficacy, and how to make hires better, faster. Sometimes I feel like you're speaking Latin when I when I listen to you, efficacies and all that kind of stuff. I don't like that kind of talk. Okay, we just have to be recruiters. What does that mean? It means focus on filling requisitions and let other departments worry about their core competencies. If you want to be a marketer, go into marketing. There's also no barriers of entry to that, right? So. Uh, There's always time, people saying that recruiting should be part of marketing. You don't agree with that. Is, am I right? Is that a fair assumption? Marketing doesn't close sales, and that's kind of the point of recruiting. So, so where does recruiting belong, since that's been a, a subject of discussion for years as well? Hey, what department should I, it? I think, it's I think your question's wrong. Go ahead. Correct me. It belongs with the, it belongs with the executive table on its own. What does Matt say? I think it's a procurement function the way it's designed right now because you have a, you know, a commodity that is, has a set market rate that you're trying to move from one part of the process to the other uh, just in time supply management. Like, that's a procurement function. If you're talking about buying uh, materials for an oil rig or restaurant parts or something, I'd agree with you, but this is a, this is a profession about people, so I would disagree with you. Uh, but well, strategic sourcing about how, yeah, thank you, Michael. Okay, go well, ahead. Mike, but you know, the, st- 
strategic sourcing, what was called strategic sourcing, has always been sort of very much like sourcing any other kind of product. They, in some of the big companies, they assign a recruiter to a certain part of the world. They know every company where the kind of people they're interested in are uh, – are, are located and they monitor what's going on in those companies and if anything shifts man they're in there like nobody's business okay so anyway we that, let's move on but i want to go back to what matt said we have to be good at recruiting we don't have to be marketers but then he wrote an article called the five commandments of sourcing success and the first one is build a pipeline for long-term access to these people right correct Okay, doesn't that contradict what you just said about marketing? Not necessarily. Demand generation is as applicable in sourcing candidates and building that pipeline as it is building a pipeline of customers, right? Uh, you know, I, sorry, I speak a different language than you. I don't know what you just said. Okay. <laughs> you speak, uh, hey, I'm sorry. Let me try to do it in the language you do, Michael. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, I, I'm north of the border. <laughs> Take that into consideration, okay? I, I will. So, you know, uh, what I can say is that you can build an upstream pipeline and a downstream pipeline. Either way, you're in the oil industry, but they're two different functions. That was for mm-hmm. your friends in Alberta over there. Okay, well, yeah, they're starving. Okay, but hold on. So how does that relate to recruiting? I mean, take it to the – explain. What's, what are we talking about? Upstream, downstream? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're talking about building a pipeline. And so yeah. to use the oil industry analogy, you have, that, you have upstream, which is candidates who you're in contact with, developing, endorsing, and turning into a refined product. And then on the flip side, you have to get the crude uh, into that cycle. Uh, that is more of a procurement and, 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 and market commodity function than it is okay. anything else. Okay, but you're not – hold so on a second. You're not analogy. putting – you're not using marketing, content marketing, to get them in the funnel. That's your point. So you're not a marketer because you're not putting out all kinds of articles about the best five ways to write a resume – you're not doing that to get them in the funnel. You're doing searches, uh, Boolean searches and stuff like that, or you're hiring your niece from seventh grade to find people. Uh, you're, that's that's a, a recruiting way to get them into the, into the sourcing funnel. It's not a marketing way. Is that what your point was? Exactly. Exactly. Marketing doesn't necessarily qualify their own leads whereas that's the primary job of the source. Okay, now hold on. Let me take it. So once you've created this pipeline of people you know, you want to stay in touch with them on an ongoing basis, right? You just said you're developing them. Am I right about that? You want to maintain contact, right or wrong? Yes. Uh, provided yes. they're okay. the type of resume you look at where you're like, oh, I can place this person, and you know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But you can't place them right now. So you want to keep in contact with them. So how do you maintain contact if not by sending them marketing materials of some sort? You nurture them. Well, am I wrong about that? Yeah. You know what I used to do before, uh, way, way before LinkedIn and all that, uh, back in the day, I'd just put in calendar notes. I'd have at any time 20 to 25 viable, placeable, like I can get you hired candidates. I'd just put a – calendar invite in my own calendar to follow up, send email, 
send card. I put their birthdays in there to, you know, send them messages. Just stuff like that. It's really pretty easy. Cause okay, if but if you're the kind of – if you're a corporate, than, you might have hundreds. You might have hundreds of people like nah, that if you're in a big company. Nah, nah, not, not, not really. Not a selective one. Not if you're yeah. a selective one. Okay, the problem Michael with G. that Cox, is – go, go ahead, Alan. No, no, go to Michael go G. Cox. But this, maybe he's, maybe he's no, busy. No, yeah. Go ahead. You want to you want yeah. to say something? Hold on, yeah. Jerry's here. Oh, hey, everybody, Jerry's Look here. Hey, okay. Okay. Am, am I finally on? You're on. You're finally on. Yeah. God. Damn it. <laughs> I, I'm you want to say something here? No, I, I here's what I want to say. I'm pissed off. Open my line next time you see me. Call in. Damn it. I didn't see you. I was wait. I told Matt at one minute to twelve. I said Jerry's not here. Okay, Matt called in five minutes early. You know what I said? I'm going to be on the phone a minute. Okay, um, okay, we show up next crap for half an hour. You talk about nothing. Okay, well, good. Ask Matt a question. Ask him a question or tell him something. Just let 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 me calm down a minute. Okay. Okay. I'll do an ad, and then you'll have a chance. Hey, everybody! Recruiting yeah. animal here for Hire Tool. H I R E T U A L. Okay. You go to their site at HireTool.com. You put in your bully. Actually, you don't have to create the boolean string. It's for people like me who don't know anything. You put it in in normal English. Okay. They create the boolean string, and then if you want to. You know, tickle it a bit. You're free to do that, but they do it for you. Then they search a whole bunch of sites at the same time. Saves you a lot of time. And then they return a ranked list of results. They guess what those people are earning. They guess who's most likely to be ready to leave. And boom, you're on your way. You just have to contact them. And Hire Tool gives you a lot of personal and professional contact information. In fact, you can get their free Chrome extension and test that function yourself, okay? So go check them out at H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Lots of top recruiters and top sourcers are crazy about Hire Tool. Jerry, are you ready to take on Matt, Matty, Matt, Charney? I'm, I'm just now finally calmed down. Okay. Just now. Uh-huh. Hey, is, is what's higher tool doing to distance themselves from the recent higher view crap? Okay, I thought that's a question is here. It, Go ahead, Matt. Matt, you're free. Go ahead, that higher, well, they're higher di- view. They're completely different categories, so hopefully they've done a good enough job. They sound the same. They product. sound the same. Yeah, they sound the same, <laughs> so I'm assuming they're kind of the same company. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. Hold on. For well, people who don't know, they're not at all the same. Higher view does online that. interviews. Higher view. Higher view does online interviews, and they they uh, take videos and recordings of your sound mm. and and when when you're answering questions, and then they have this uh, artificial intelligence analyze your voice quality and okay. your expressions, and they make recommendations about hiring on the basis of that. And they're being uh, charged. Somebody's taking them to court for uh, civil liberties uh, offenses on that oh, basis. Fraud. Matt, fraud, I believe. What is it? I, I think. Yeah, I think it's, it's you, fraud. You, they categorize it as extremely artificial intelligence, like non-existent intelligence. <laughs> extremely artificial. I like that. Well, I could use yeah, some of so that. Frankly. 
it's essentially like if somebody decided to sell auras as a pre-screening assessment and culture fit mechanism, like what color is your aura, or like phrenology to determine culture fit. It's got about as much scientific validity. Nice. So, you know, I'm glad they're finally getting their come up. Okay, oh, really? Animal, can I clear? <laughs> yeah, animal, go ahead, so, so as finally now being onboarded to this uh, conversation, one of the things that I heard, and I may have heard it incorrectly. I sure hope I did. Did Charney say that he'll write anything that somebody will pay him to write, yep. but he didn't <laughs> believe like any it. of it? It sounded I, I mean, like I was it. Here, type in, let me on, let me on. Charney, is that true? You will write anything somebody will pay you for? No. I will write on any topic okay. somebody pays me for. Okay. Uh, they can't tell me the message. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Hold on, Matt. Matt, Jerry's 100% right in his implication there. I said, what about all those e-books that I enjoyed, that I thought you did a really good job on, content marketing and inbound marketing? I, I still post them. I still post those on my group, okay, because I thought you did a good job, and now you're telling us you didn't believe a word. You were paid. Jerry heard you right. Now you're denying it, okay? No, I also didn't edit them. So, you know, let, let's go ahead and throw that there. No, you know, here's the thing. Like, like, ultimately, I'm getting paid to write about nonsense, and because I couldn't make it in screenwriting, this is what I'm doing with my life. Hey, 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 hey. Let's, Man's telling the truth. Let's all... Let's all just respect the fact that Matt's got bills to pay. There's a supply and demand. Some some of us recruit. Some of us recruited agencies. Matt's got to write stuff. Everybody's got to pay their bills. I, I thought his books were good. They were really informative. They are. I still post them. Okay. And then you just you don't believe Turns them. Turns out they're about you... as real as as penthouse forum letters. Or higher guys matching technology. Those those aren't real. No. Those aren't real. Oh no! Okay. Better, sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't want didn't bring mean to bring that topic up. You burst my balloon, my bubble. <laughs> okay. Okay. Have you ever written for Penthouse Forum, Charlie? Uh, <laughs> you know, exist they anymore. Have, but they've never printed them. They've never printed them. So, hey, hey, Matt, uh, Matt, that's Matt, as long as we're as long as we're off topic. Animal doesn't even know what this, we're talking about. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Does your wife ever see you? You seem to be always in some different city. You're never at home. Okay? You come home for a shower well, it, once every month. Yeah, well, if I was home more, I she probably still wouldn't be my wife. So, you know. Okay. <laughs> the secret okay. to that success. Right. Okay. Here here are the best three metrics according to Matt Charney for the quality uh they're better than quality of hires. These are the good recruiting metrics that everybody should know um net promoter score retention and internal mobility okay um you want to start with net promoter score i know what it is you tell other people i learned it from you go ahead well all net promoter score is is the glass door percentage score which is saying would you like work here uh or would you you know buy something again would you recommend it to your friends Right. Yeah, and I thought so, it was word of mouth. Yeah, it was, will you recommend this to your friends? That's what Net Promoter well, Score is. On a, on a, well, yes. And, and did you on have a scale a of one to ten. On a scale of one uh-huh. to ten, everyone says, would you, you know, how likely would you be re- inclined to, you know, recommend this company to your friends? You know, one or like ten, right? 
And yeah, so for so a recruiter, is that like, a, would you recommend this recruiter to someone else? Yeah. Is that what that is? That's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. well, Matt, M- Matt, Michael G. Cox, who just spoke, his nickname now By is the way, Patron, was, apparently. Was there already somebody in the, in the actor's guild with the name Michael Cox? Is that why the middle initial? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds good. Michael G. Kosh, okay? It, it makes does. him sound a bit more sophisticated. Like a, yeah. 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 Well, hold on a sec. That was way more important. <laughs> hold on. Oh, he my. now, Michael G. Cox has just started his own recruiting agency, right? And so should he be sending out surveys to people uh, every time he does business with them, asking them, you know, would you, rec- would you refer my services to your friends or your Absolutely. colleagues? Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah? I mean, that's how you grow a business, is referrals. And well, I'm not going to do that for the guys that I kind of don't do a good job for, basically, yes. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously, you can, you can fudge it to be a little bit selective. But that has always been a huge miss in recruiting, too. Like, even if you're having a conversation with a candidate who's not interested or maybe not qualified, I don't know why you don't ask who else do you know who could be a good fit. Uh, I always found that to be highly successful at uncovering qualified leads, but yep. it's not something that I think has been reinforced. So, Okay, you're talking about asking right. for referrals, and, and everybody says well, the method that's you just – Well, that's what MPS is. Now, an MPS is standardized. Yeah, but most of them don't okay. know how to do it right. I do that all the time. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm doing it show. right, but it's working. If it's working, Hold you're doing on a it second. right. No, wait a second. We can ask Matt about this. There's lots of people who say you haven't, or the first time you talk to somebody, you haven't earned the right to ask them for a referral. They don't know you from Adam or, or, or Judy yeah, or whoever. What? Michael G. Cox? Yeah, what do you, you had a argue decent conversation. Okay, uh, an example from last week. I had a guy that I was talking to. Turns out he just wasn't interested in going to the company that I'm currently recruiting for. And so he said, no, not interested. I, didn't, I had a bad experience with him a few years back. Um, so it's over. Well, now I have another client hiring in Chicago. And I sent him a quick e- uh, uh, message on LinkedIn saying, hey, man, you know, I've got this opportunity. I know it's not right for you, but if you know of anybody, let me know. And he sent me a few names. Okay. That That's was a follow-up, It wasn't – wasn't on the spot. Wasn't in the same conversation. It's never in the same conversation, dumbass. Oops. Of course Sorry it is. That. Yeah, you can Matt. cut that. No, it's Matt. not. Ask Matt. Yeah, he no. just, Matt yeah, just gave no, an example. Was in the same conversation. The if you have them on the phone, why wouldn't you ask? If you've already asked the you know qualifying question of is this job clearly better than your current one, would you consider it? Leave. If they say no and it's a good job, why wouldn't you ask? Only maybe maybe if the conversation is going well and you've got rapport going. The problem is most recruiters, not only are they not on the phone, they are emailing and messaging people on LinkedIn saying, hey, I've got this fantastic job. If it's not right for you, maybe you know somebody. So they they, they move right on into, you into it? If not, who cares? Who do you know? That's horrible. And yeah. that's yeah, what the most team. candidates experience. Matt, but who knows correct. if I believe that or not? I could be lying. <laughs> no, I, I, I could be paid right. for this call. <laughs> it's a 
very transactional. It's let me send a LinkedIn connection and then immediately let me try to sell you software financial services. Right. Right. Like yep. All okay. Right, well, Hold on a second. I got, I got to do an ad. The round table hey. has decided. Hey, everybody. Recruiting animal, here. Recruiting animal here for PC Recruiter. I'm going to refer to my good friend. Nick Mazur. He's not really my good friend, but I know who he is because I've seen him for years on social media. He posted this on Facebook. He said, we use PC Recruiter and we love it. I have demoed a ton of systems and they have the most robust set of features. Other products, hey, they might do one or two things better, but overall, PC Recruiter's got the most. We do multiple industries and four different types of searches and it is very, very versatile. And you know why that is? Because you can configure uh, PC Recruiter to do whatever you want it to. It doesn't impose a system on you. And if you don't know how to configure your own software, they got nice guys there and girls who will help you. They're very friendly. They want to help you. Go check them out at PCRecruiter.net. Okay. Matt, we're running out of time. Uh, I have more uh, questions. Uh, do you have anything else, though, you want to bring up that you think I'm missing that's real hot for you? Um, no, I don't necessarily think Okay, like uh, I'll pick up on what Jerry just said. Okay, or somebody just said it a minute ago. You said resumes are not designed for close reading. Don't spend more than eight seconds reading a resume. If you read it closely, you are stupid. They're designed to be skimmed. It's asinine. That's your word. It's asinine yep. to read them closely. If something looks interesting, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Am I right about what you're saying there? Am I wrong? I don't think resumes are I don't think resumes are as shallow as you're saying. Okay? Yeah, I spend more than eight seconds on a resume. It takes you that long to look at job t- current job title, current employer, history of experience, and a few bullet points here and there? So see yeah, if well, first a of all, I've got to figure right. out what it, what it means. Okay, if, if I'm reading the same stuff every day, year after year, okay, but I'm not just filling one kind of position. So Usually I only get a resume after – the thing is I only get a resume after I talk to someone anyway because I don't have ads bringing them in. You're talking to corporate recruiters, am I right? Oh, yeah, or lazy agency ones. Okay. Does anybody want to talk about that? Eight seconds for a resume. Uh, 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 you were inside many years, Michael G. Cox, Alan Fleur, you're inside. Eight seconds, is what, that plenty? What do you mean, to scan a resume? Yeah. Oh, shit, I read them. I take, I take a lot longer than that. I read the whole resume and interpret it. How do you think I've gotten probably 25% of my hires? They just don't know how to write. Please. And, and why do I need a resume initially? I, I my last three candidates I've talked to and got got interviews set up without a resume. What was okay, the information so you're, you're that you had so, in order to but, contact Okay, well, well I think what from, uh, Matt, Matt must be referring to. Hold on. Matt is talking <laughs> about resumes, I guess, that come in uh, in response to ads. Am I right about that? Yes, you are. Or from, from agency, agency submissions. Oh, okay. Uh, well, if they come in, if they come from agencies, and on the latter, and on the latter, I always would say read the entire submission uh, write-up on why they're a fit, but the resume itself then becomes secondary. No, I agree with you, but I also think that I also I'd say ninety, and and, and I'm excluding everybody on this call. I would say that ninety percent 
or better of the agency people are lazy and idiots because when you read, even if they do write it up and they're pitching you, a lot of the times it's not even they're pitching what's actually in the resume. Love it. I have demoed a ton of systems. Hey, some idiot is okay. That was area code three sixteen. Sorry, I called you an idiot. He's listening to the show on speakers. He called in at the same time. Here you go, 316. Sorry, I looked. Okay, hey, here, Matt, I'll call you out on a few more things before before the show's over. Here's what Matt says. Recruiters should submit a minimum of 10 choices for every slate of finalists. Didn't I just say the exact opposite thing? If you find someone who's really good, you rush in there to the hiring manager and say, this person's perfect. Don't tell me to find anybody else. Okay? Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. How many recruiters have that amount of internal sway? Very few. Well, okay, so I'm not speaking as an internal person, okay? Don't send me out. If you like this candidate, how many people do you want me to find before you hire somebody? If this one, you know, we got a checklist, he's got almost everything you want. Okay, you're saying 10 choices. You need 10 submissions for every, every position? Uh, I would say you'd have a slate of your five tops, and then you have a bench of backups ready to go. Um, the difference being, obviously, that if you're a in-house recruiter, you do have to have that way of hiring managers. If okay. you are moving on, a, moving uh, on, moving on. You know, I, I got to tell you, it just depends on the position you're. Hold on, hold on. I got a question. I got a question. Go I got a question for Matt and everybody go else. So go those ahead. ten candidates, those ten candidates, the the speed to hire does. Does anybody actually think that you can hold off on 10 candidates and get them through the process in a timely manner without losing some to other opportunities? What agency recruiter would ever waste, waste their time putting 10 candidates in, first of all? No, and why would you keep using that recruiter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rich, no, Rich, yeah, well, how come up? you've been so quiet? <clears throat> I figured you'd help I've me been work working. this I guy out. To do, man. we got a job to do. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I just opened your file. Okay. Okay, here's, here's okay, Matt. You want Matt? You've just been assaulted there. Do you wanna want to rebut them? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, as you know, it, even if it's true or not, the way around that is to say they're in process with other companies. Make your damn decision, right? So that's got little to do with anything other than contact. And I think that recruiters can get around that by artificially putting a timeline on things. Other than that, yeah, they can take all day because the average day is, so like I said, 68. That's, that's pretty long. What do you, what's, where saying, are you getting that number from, Matt? Yeah, he said the average I'm getting that money. Yeah. I mean, is that for internal for recruiters or external recruiters? Uh, this is for all job postings, and I believe that number is through um, AIM. Yeah, for, for, job, for, for posted job requisitions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and it depends on what job you're working on. I mean, if you're using a good agency. Absolutely. Which, which is what people should be doing. They, like you know, jobs take less than 30 days. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, they take less than 30 days. I mean, or, and that's if they, you know, if the company's serious and they want real people and they really want to hire. The ones that don't, you know, they're not a client. They're a waste of time. Yeah. Especially in this Absolutely. And on the contingent side, if you last longer than, let's say, 48 hours, you're never making that placement. So. Uh, that's not true either. That's not true either. Okay. That, 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 well, it must be true in some sector. A little extreme, but yeah, it was. But. 
Okay. So okay, I'm going to move on. Here's well, Matt also says, don't worry about the quality of the resume. Okay, who cares whether their objective statement is succinct enough? Uh, why would you ever knock out a potential rock star for something as subjective as having too many pages on their resume? Anybody want to take them on? Anybody disagree? I mean, people, spelling mistakes, it's not an issue for you. Typos, doesn't matter, Matt? No, I didn't, no. Say, I didn't say that. But some no, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm asking. You said, here's that, what you said, a, don't worry about the quality of the resume. Job, yeah. Okay, well, I'm yeah, going to tell no, you something. The, the yeah. format of the resume does not necessarily reflect a candidate's experience, good, bad, or Mm-hmm. You know what? If the resume looks like a dummy wrote it, you don't want to bring that person in. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's true. In general, yes, but you have to take it in context. If it's in an industry or something where, you know, they're not always going to be good resumes, if it's in some, if it's a candidate who hasn't had to write a resume in eight years, it's all it's all dependent. Okay. I'm with you, Alan. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm I want, with you. Actually, I still – I wanted there, to fight with Matt still more about some of the stuff. Hold on, animal. There's a difference yeah. in resumes between one that might have a, a couple of typos in it, yeah. which yeah. Yep. even I have been guilty of a typo. But <laughs> the, uh, on the flip side is a resume that shows somebody clearly can't communicate a thought, yep. doesn't even know how to even write. I mean, that that's a whole other level of – yeah, this person isn't who we're looking for. It, most jobs require communication. Hey, Jerry, uh-huh. let me ask it to this some way. Degree. Let me ask it this way. You've, you, yeah. you're, a, you're a software manager, and your company's shutting down, and you just got a job at Company X. You want to hire Michael G. Cox, and Michael ha- just Ooh. slaps a resume together Help just so somebody will have a resume. Does it really matter? <laughs> uh, not, nah, not really, but, I mean, I'm – I, hear I you. have some pretty high standards. I don't want to push my high standards on everybody. What if you're, uh, you Jerry? What if you're from another country and you're a really good programmer, but your English is not necessarily the best? <laughs> well, that, I'm probably a little more lenient than if I was hiring somebody to write fake articles for my magazine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the grammar's Matt, impeccable, home, though. I'm I going local. Matt, you're going to regret, you're gonna regret right that in. remark you made. You're going to regret <laughs> that, Jerry. <laughs> he's, got, he's got it in his teeth. <laughs> got you. Okay. Uh, but, so yeah, okay. I think uh, in either of those cases, you can have proof of concept of the final result, therefore making the resume and experience a little less. So those are just completely results-oriented. Right? If okay, I can write hold code, on, hold, the code change they check Matt, out before, probably doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, that we've beaten that one to a pulp. Okay, look, you you said you know you you have written uh, a few articles praising these different conferences you've gone to. They're they're not all awful. And at one of them, you said what you guys discussed was how to create a killer job description and uh, email, okay, and how to uh, scale it, scale personalized messaging and engagement. Okay, so is that possible? So first of all, you're saying it is possible to create a killer job description. Am I right about that? 100%. How? 100%. How? Uh, you make you actually one describe the job, which very few people do. You leave out BS language and you write like it was written by a person, and the jo- and make it more than a compensation document. Like it's very easy to copyright your way into a good job description. Um, it's very hard to work around one that's incomplete or poorly written. 
Okay, whatever that means. Uh, uh, what about email? So uh, email that engages people. It, what's, what, what are the characteristics of an email that engages somebody? Um, a very clear call to action, a good subject line, and some shared common points. So, for instance, I would say in an email to Michael Coleman, man, it must be cold up there. At least the Maple Leafs are, are, are playing. Something like that. Like maybe you don't identify with either of those, but it shows time and it shows affinity. Okay, so if you were sending, a, you were recruiting in Canada, you would send a, a hundred emails with this same same thing about the weather, right? And you can, would consider that a good form of engagement. <laughs> hey, no, not there. necessarily. If I, not necessarily. I, I there are way better things like you know like school sports teams, at least in the U.S., uh, interests that you can find on other social networks. But ultimately, at the end of the day, people talk about weather and traffic. So it feels like a more human conversation than, I am a recruiter who saw your Okay, so if you're recruiting in California, you say, here, it's warm out there lately. (laughs) Well, it's not. It's all those fires. Most of the state. Okay, and so, okay, hold on. Before we finish this, what about, uh, so what subject line would you be using? Give us an example. Uh, Do you have any real examples of a subject line that you think was... I have a subject line that'll be read 100% of the time, but you can only use it the trick once. It's to send an email with what you want written in there with a generic subject line, and then two minutes later in all caps, send an email to the exact same person uh, in the headline saying, please disregard previous email mistaken send. Every single person can open the first email. <laughs> that's, that's so. He's right. Uh, well, well, I don't think best. you're an idiot. I, I I don't I don't really think highly of people who, and I've done it myself, but uh, I don't think. I, oh, true. correction. <laughs> so you don't think highly. Dummy. So you. So you don't think highly of yourself, animal. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> <laughs> animal, Sometimes, animal, it, yeah, but Michael, Michael's a good person, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So what is programmatic? Uh, uh, this, this is three minutes left. You pick the topic for the last three minutes. Go ahead. What, what's, what, what's burning? Uh, here, you, you said so, something funny. Oh, no, no. I'll quote you one more thing. You said LinkedIn only has a 15% market penetration in India, which is mind-boggling, given that's probably about 90% of the crap in mails. <laughs> At random connection requests I get. That's true for me too. Speaking of uh, bad grammar, to our earlier point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. Well, that's a, a language issue, but but I get like tons of you know uh, connection requests. Uh, you know, can you find me a job? People in in Bangalore or someplace like that. I think it's funny. Okay, go ahead. Now now to you. Last parting parting topic. Um, hey, are we going to so get sued? I'll, I'll hey, be- are we going to get sued for that last one that I read? Should I cut that? Should I cut that? Out? <laughs> no, it's just publicly available information, right? So uh, you're much more likely to get sued for other tangential conversations we've had. Uh, but here's what I leave <laughs> everyone with: uh, the people on this phone call, and I'm not kissing anyone's butt, uh, represent the fact that not every contingency or agency recruiter is just like dialing for dollars or cyber coding, uh, you know, the heck out of a send list. Um, Pick up the phone, build relationships with people, and ultimately, like, recruiters will do right by you if you can be a reliable, good candidate and vice versa. 
recruiters pick up the damn phone. You heard it at least three or four times in this conversation. It is the only technology you need to differentiate since we're spending. Uh-huh. And you're still a fan of Snoop Dogg Dog. You're, you're going to see him, right? I just did on Saturday, and it was everything I wanted uh, out of Good the concert, for you. which is to say uh, there were strippers and uh, anthropomorphic dogs. So enjoyed. Okay, Matt Charney, we Talk didn't say your, your we didn't get tell tell your employer unless you want to. Uh, I usually we can. It is Allegis Global Solutions, and I would uh, just ask anyone listening to go to Quantum dot work uh, if you want to see some of the uh, product stuff we're working on. Otherwise, you probably know us. Okay, and your boss, Craig Fisher, is your boss? Am I right about? Did I read that correctly? He is my direct manager. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, I figured it'd be a, a good idea when I was onboarding to, you know, align myself to my best friends doing my performance reviews. It hasn't been a bad strategy. Okay. okay. The other people on the show have been El Patron, uh, Michael G. Cox. What's your uh, Zag Works? Is it Z A G, yeah. separate word, W O R X? Zag Works is a sales agency recruiter. Okay, I, I, He's, I've got them both, Jerry, so you can go to Zagwork. Right, okay. It'll be just fun. Yeah. All right. He's, <laughs> Michael G. Cox you, is sir. one of the top sales recruiters in America. And actually, so, yep. is, so is Rich Rosen, who was on a few minutes ago as well. I don't know if he's still here. Hell he's yeah. uh, one of the Pinnacle Club members, okay? And Alan Floor, F. L-U-H-R-E-R, just spelling that to remind myself, and the fantastic Jerry Albright. Everybody, thank you! The music's not playing. <laughs> it's not going to play. Excuse my language. It's not going to play. My, my mouse got stuck. Maybe you can sing something, Matt, from the uh, – here. Now it'll go. Ah!